Hi, my name is Ellie Thompson, and you're listening to Mental Mindness. If you haven't been living under a rock, you might have noticed the world is experiencing a global pandemic. Because of the lockdowns put in place for public safety, the consequences for adolescents with pre-existing mental health issues were in the form of not getting the help they needed and self-isolation. Self-isolation obviously affected more than just those with pre-existing mental health issues, causing the numbers to rise in coping teens. In this episode, I have decided to open up about two very common mental illnesses, anxiety and depression. As I was getting prepared for this, I realized how important it is because I felt really anxious about sitting here and recording myself. Although I had extreme doubts about making this, I realized during this process that opening up about my struggles can actually help people who are struggling and that is probably my number one motivation for this podcast. With that being said, my journey with anxiety started when I was about seven-ish. I would wake up for school and I would have this idea in my head that I was going to be late for school even if school started in an hour and our house was a few minutes away from the school, I would be so paranoid about being late for school. It's kind of a hard thing to describe like what it felt like. It was like a chest pain almost and then it was like the thought going through my head like constantly like I will be late for school, I will be late for school, I will be late for school. I think the thought of being late for school went on for a pretty long time because I was seven and I was scared that people would think I was weird if I had this just constant thought in my head that wouldn't stop. So instead of asking about it or researching, I turned to being stubborn and I yelled at my siblings a lot more to get up earlier um, to take me to school and they were not happy with that because they were obviously older and had things, way more things to do than I did. Um, So there was one morning when one of my siblings just ran downstairs while I was yelling at them and just said like, it's not our fault you have anxiety, like go to sleep or find a ride. Because it felt like really impossible to stop that thought in my head, it was really hard to hear someone tell me that I had anxiety because anxiety and depression and mental illnesses were so stereotyped as bad when I was younger. I became like really scared of having anxiety for some reason so I like did everything I could to just try and not be anxious in the mornings. I would honestly like not sleep sometimes because I needed to be tired enough to not be anxious which is not true (laughs) it did not work at all I would not recommend that please do not do that Um, it honestly made it worse because I was tired and anxious and more cranky so it was really exhausting I finally just got really tired of trying to hide something that was happening to me so I went to my mom and she set me up with a therapist to kind of 
talk about it, like what I was going through and how to cope with it. And that really sent my anxiety through the roof. Part of that was because seeing a therapist or a counselor or somebody for help is so stigmatized as you being crazy, which is so wrong because it's the same as if you're going to see a physical therapist because you broke your leg, it's the same as your brain. Like if you are drained mentally, it is very helpful to go see somebody about that because they are there to help you and they are there for you. Obviously, after I felt like I had learned as much as I could about my brain during a certain point, I stopped going to therapy, um, but that still didn't stop me from understanding that I had that backup of going to somebody if I was really struggling with myself and my brain. Therapy isn't always for everyone, and I think I realized that when I was seeing people who were obviously struggling, but refusing to go see somebody because it's very stigmatized so I thought it would be important to kind of discuss some of the things that are helpful when you're supporting someone that is going through anxiety and you want to help them. One thing that I learned was to kind of recognize signs and symptoms of anxiety just to kind of identify triggers and understand when somebody is having an anxiety attack. With that comes listening and listening non-judgmentally because this is honestly so important. If somebody is trying to talk to you about something and somebody really needs somebody to listen, just listening to them is so important because it gives them a support and it gives them someone to lean on when they are having a hard time. A lot of people really like when people listen to them, but a lot of people don't. And understanding that some people just want to be alone when they're having an anxiety attack is very important because you don't want to push them to talk about something they don't want to or push them to be more anxious than they feel already. If their way of coping is just to kind of be alone for a while, it's very helpful to kind of remind them and reassure them that you're there for them and if they ever want to talk to you that you're there for them but not pushing them too far to where they feel uncomfortable if you're feeling kind of lost with how to help them in a way that you don't know the proper information to give them for what they're going through i would highly recommend encouraging professional help if they need it um, for example, if you're at school, just saying, hey, why don't we go see the counselor or like, I'll go with you. I kind of needed to talk to her about something too, but just encouraging that or maybe even encouraging therapy sessions is really helpful. Through all of these tips, I think it's really important to remember that nobody can solve anxiety. It's not something that you can't offer support for, but you really can't solve it. And knowing that it's not your fault if you can't solve it is important for not only the person you're helping, but for yourself and for your own mental health because forgetting to take care of yourself is extremely dangerous. Sometimes not dealing with mental health in the way that helps you and the coping methods that help you can lead to depressive episodes. I think during this time, it's especially difficult for 
people, including myself, to deal with depression because it's a time where nerves are really high. We're all nervous about stuff that's going on in the world and just sitting at home like all the time can be really depressing. During quarantine, I think I found myself in a depressive state, just watching Netflix or a streaming service for hours and hours and hours. Something that kind of helped me get out of that situation was just seeing the glass half full and going outside as much as I could, getting off my phone, um, talking to my friends in a balanced way, at the same time focusing on myself, focusing on how I can better in school in a way and just kind of focusing my attention on something that is good and something that I like and is important to me that really helped get me out of that. Understanding the signs of depression from people with just what they're saying to you is really important for their mental health. For example, if they're telling you no one understands me, there's no point of school, why does any of this matter? These are all depressive signs that should probably anger you to get them to see somebody or encourage them to get help. Taking the time to work on yourself and understanding the triggers that others have with mental illnesses is one of the most important things for your health. If you or someone you love needs help with a mental breakdown, Call 1-800-273-8255 to reach a 24-hour crisis center. Remember to treat people with kindness and take care of yourself.